Hi, I'm Tracy. And I'm Norma. And we're Black, Black Girls, Girls with Accents. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. So we are so excited because we have decided to bring you a treat. And so we have put together a mini, uh, it's a mini series, a little micro yes. series on Michaela Cole's new amazing drama, I May Destroy You. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with Michaela Cole, let me just kind of do a brief um, little bibliography and then... Norma will give you an overview of the show. For those who are fans and avid watchers of the new show, we hope that you will listen along with us, you will disagree with us, you will agree with us, and we are really looking forward to your comments. Um, and so yes. this is the time to send us messages, you know, DM us or email us or contact us via Twitter. We'd like to hear what you have to say. So Michaela Cole is a you know, just a supremely talented uh, young performer. Many of you might know her from her first success, which was Chewing Gum, which is a hilarious, um, was a hilarious series. A series, uh, and I yeah. shouldn't mention that Michaela is black and British of African um, ancestry. I should have done the homework, but I think Nigerian. Shame on me, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I get the get the the, the specs before we end the show. But the first um, thing that she had was Chewing Gum. It came out in 2015. It was just really, really funny. Uh, this young London girl growing up with this very religious mother in a religious household. Just kind of the trials of tribulations of being a young, kind of like a late teen, early 20-something girl, kind of finding yes. love and the ups and downs of life and find, finding a new job. And just kind of funny and silly and light. Um, really, really very well done. And Chewing Gum was just one of many things that she's been in. She was also in Black Earth Rising, which was a series. Oh, that was wonderful, um, yes. Um, some people might know her from Top Boy. Some people might know her from the Black Mirror episode. That was actually on yesterday, actually. Um, and, and she's been in Star Wars. So many, many, many things. But she is a writer and a director and an act actor and Chewing Gum and I May Destroy You are the two projects where she actually really gets to control things. So I'm going to turn things over to Norma, who will give you an overview of the show and then we'll get, in our get into a discussion of episodes one and two. Now, spoiler alert, if you've yet to see the show, perhaps this is the time to switch us off and listen to one of our other podcasts um one of our other episodes for those of you who've watched the show continue listening so norma go ahead and give an overview yeah so i may destroy you so i may destroy you said it's a series that's set in london and so it stars michaela as arabella and it's a young woman who must rebuild her life after her drink is spiked and so when we meet um the character in the first episode and her friends it's basically seeing how a day in the life, I, well, I would say, people are invited out and everybody knows each other. And it's it's kind of, this is what we get into when we step out with this particular group, I would say, and definitely with the best friend. It's, everybody seems to be 
aware of the behavior. There's, I don't feel like anybody was um, confused or not used to anything. It like, yeah, drugs is easily mentioned or done. Everything seems very free and yeah, outgoing. And that was actually, um, I th- I, for me, I think, especially for characters of color, very enjoyable to watch. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what we're, we're looking at in the first episode. I shouldn't even jump right away into the episode. I'm just so excited. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, that's what this show is about. And and especially for the people that are going to, like, catch up, like, go watch it, come back, and then discuss with us. So um, basically, a young woman who is spiked, whose drink is spiked, but we are getting to know the young woman and her friends. And so Arabella is the character that we follow in episodes yeah. one and two and i should note that michaela cole's um parentage or ancestry is ghanaian so glad, yeah, I, was glad I didn't throw out the wrong <laughs> the wrong nation um but i'm um, ghanaian so what's wonderful about all of the projects that she's really had a hand in shaping um and this one in particular is that she offers representation right a different yes. sort of representation of a woman of color, we don't really yes. get to see women like Arabella. Um, I mean, we had scandal in the U.S. context, but thinking about mm. television beyond the U.S., um, there is the what's the name of that? There, there is a uh, my husband watches a detective show based on Queen Som, based in South Africa. She's a pretty mm. badass. Kind of mercenary type chick i think it's queen song but i will um i will follow up and get the correct details okay but mm-hmm. in the uk we don't certainly do not have this kind of strong representation that we have in arabella uh on mass right but this is mm-hmm. truly exciting to see a series like this not just for the uk but you know globally to see a black woman in this kind of role a young oh, yes. woman who is in search of self, who's, you know, living the best years of her life as a, you know, a young 20-something successful person without the constraints of children and marriage and a mortgage and all these kinds of things, kind of making mistakes and figuring it out. And she happens to be a woman of colour. It's not... um, Her character is not divorced from her racial background by any means, but it's not what drives the story drives it right and so that's right. refreshing because it's the kind of balance that you need to see on television um, yes I, I think honestly it is one of my favorite things to see when it comes to that part yeah and it's- while it's her story we have this fabulous cast of characters which include yeah. members of the lgbtqi plus community and their stories although secondary are also highlighted and that's wonderful to see as well especially to see and we're seeing it more and more of course but it's wonderful to see their own journeys and what they go through on a day-to-day um and also that they're they're, again people of color from that community i think and i still same thing goes that this they're just not like dropped in there they're not just just like oh we need it you know, a queer yes, person. Yes. Like, no, this the story is about we're following Kwame's story. And it, he just happens to be part of that community. I, it's just beautifully done. I, um, I'm i really impressed. Yeah. And, and what we what's missing here is 
the kind of cliche characters because Kwame is not overly flamboyant, um, you know, overly witty. Yes, girl, snapping fingers. Yes. We don't have or the these... odd forced uh, best friend because he is a best friend, but yes. it's not the odd forced best friend behavior right. that we're supposed to see between a woman and a, and a gay or right. a queer person. Yeah. yeah, right. So this is um, really um, smart and um, thoughtful and just kind of wonderful um, uh, representation in terms of representation. It's wonderful to see this and to see black life in all of its complexity and to see people who are not American because, um, and there's no knock, I mean, there are struggles for American actors, right? We, we have mm-hmm. an episode, I think it's episode We've spoken about this, right? yeah. Three or four. <laughs> it's a struggle for African-American actors to find work and to get roles of this sort. But mm-hmm. the African-American actor, male and female and other, um, dominate right dominate globally so it's important then to have these kind of stories by individuals living in their countries of origin right mm-hmm. that can tell their own unique tales about what it is to grow up in fill in the blank and not being yes. not, not a story being told through the lens of an african-american yes which i but but a, but a black yes and relatable yes <laughs> and universal yes because arabella Regardless of race, her antics, right? Any young person or middle-aged person can relate. Or I was going to say anybody who was uh, at least a little bit outgoing in their youth or (laughs) some type of, uh, yeah, even even without uh, the, well, but even without the drugs, I'll finish my sentence, but I realize that I'm going into something that might, that is actually an episode later. So I'll hold my comment, but even without um, drugs in your twenties, you're often, you look back and you're like, you know how often people joke and say, I'm so glad there was no Instagram. I'm glad there's no Facebook to always remind me of my errors that I made back in those days. And uh, yeah, definitely for myself, that's absolutely true. There's some errors that I'm like, oh no, please. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even know how that day came about or, you know, like, and so I think that's one of the things that really, um, um, grasp me when I watch her, like that concern that I have for the character. And at the same time, remembering some moments where I'm like, oh, that was so doofus. Like, you know, like it, you just recognize it, like you worry for her. And at the same time, you're like, yep, that's correct. For like a 26 year old or whatever, like whatever that mid twenties is, sometimes you just kind of reckless behavior. And... It, it, it's a, I like to call it, um, it's kind of like a, an audacious naivete, right? Because you, you're so self-absorbed in your late teens, early 20s. You know, what's concerning you is school or your first job, usually a love interest of some sort. Oh, God, yes. You're, you know, you swear <laughs> you're grown and your parents are watching, shaking their heads. There's nothing that they can tell you. You know, they've seen it and done it, but you don't want to hear it because it's different these days in your head. I mean, yes. the, 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 whether it's the drinking, the hanging out late, the walking home late, the random guys, the... Sexual... And we kind of touched on it when we spoke about her summertime, uh, when you said we would walk back home and dark through that part of time where those people were saying that we didn't know, like so many things could have happened. And yeah, yeah definitely. And that, you just, that... 
you just you just think you're invincible. I remember, I can tell you, before I went away to college, I was out. I was out at house clubs, big house head music <laughs> fan. Yeah. I was out every day except Sunday and Monday. I was out Tuesday through Sunday. And I can, I, we would go to, you know, for a house club. And in the summertime, if there was a party, if we got wind, there was a house party. And usually, you know, you didn't get to these things until now. So the non-Caribbean part, right, of you says there's a party. So you go to that party for 12. If it's a Caribbean party, you go to the party. <laughs> Especially when I'm with my sister, you get there for 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Yes. But this is before Uber and any of that. This is relying on New York CD cabs that you just kind of trusted. That this gypsy yep. cab, you're you're getting in some cab. It's not like now where kids can you, know, you can actually can... be tracked. Right, like you can actually keep track of right. your kid. Yeah, no, you're... it's like or when you walk into the cab and some dude just steps out of nowhere and says, "I can take you for fifteen dollars," and you're like, "Okay, yes. cool." <laughs> yes. And you go with him like, yes. oh, "No idea where." Oh. Yes, yeah, we yes. do that all the yes, time. Yes, yes. So yeah. you watch this and you see this kind of carefree, right? She's she has pink hair. I mean, she's gorgeous. Michaela is gorgeous. Those yes. cheekbones for days, beautiful eyes. I said, that was, that was, that was, that's my favorite part. I'm like, yes. cheekbones. Just a... <laughs> like, I'm always like, I feel like people, um, you know, like uh, when they draw... Um... Caricatures. The features uh, no, are exaggerated. But, um, yes, no, but still the... I always think of like the. It sounds weird, but I think of the the Lion King or um, Simba's mom. Because yeah. some because I but because I really love those features. Like it's like feline. like her eyes. Feline. Yes, your feline. Yes, yes. And that's, it's so pretty to me. And every time I see her, I'm like those cheekbones and the way her eyes are like almonds. I really, I really love her face. Yeah. I always said that because. You know, in chewing gum, when it first started, there would be comments like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "You do realize that she's like." Madicize her face, like you have to see her face with all that she's putting in the face that she's making for this particular character. I think people actually really thought that she like would look goofy or whatever. And I was like, no, I've seen other pictures of her. She's really gorgeous, and uh, I really enjoy that people now are saying that more out loud, more often. I've seen people say like she's gorgeous. I'm like, yes, like yeah, <laughs> don't stunning. don't pull up a picture from chewing gum the character <laughs> and be like, yeah. this is Michaela. <laughs> right, 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 exactly, exactly. So episode one and two. So I mean, you know, you're introduced to the character, and immediately mm-hmm. you see she's again just kind of carefree. She has pink hair, which tells us right a lot about the character based on just appearance, right? Before she even says anything, mm-hmm. you see the hair, the funky clothes, her language, you know, very laid back kind of girl mm-hmm. down for a good time, right? So if there's a party, what time I'll be there? Um, even though she's exhausted, right? She's just come back from Italy. Yes. <laughs> and she's, you know, says goodbye to this very handsome Italian man, looks to be North African <laughs> perhaps. And... Yeah. But she's down to go out for the night. Oh, wait. Um, what did you think he was? Tell uh, it again. Probably North African. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I read. Yeah. Yeah. That could, yeah. Could be. It's, yeah. It's not disclosed, but... Yeah, it's not disclosed, but I was trying to put him somewhere into but Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I, I had... I could be wrong, but I, I, I could be wrong. Um, no, so... no, no. I just didn't catch what you said. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. And so... 
Yeah, and so she has this close-knit group of friends, one who's an aspiring actor. She has a white male roommate, Kwame, another good friend who happens to be, he's gay, but that's kind of his own. No, Kwame is, Kwame is the gay one, right? Yeah. And then, oh, sorry, who happens to be gay. And then what about Simon? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. And so she had written this book. Uh, it was something about millennial. The book was called um, Chronicles of a Fed Up Millennial. And mm-hmm. she's a social influencer, right? She's done mm-hmm. well, kind of just kind of ranting, not ranting, but expressing herself online. She's written this book. And now she's she is um, has been given this advance to write the next book. And she's struggling to really just kind of buckle down and focus. And Norma, you're a writer. I'm a writer. And so we know what it is when you have the pressure to produce, whether it's your it own deadline or an imposed deadline. So we can connect to this character on, on many levels, but I think that's one way we connect. And so she's having yes. trouble focusing, right? Because yes. it's all about the good time. But maybe it's not really just about the good time, but it's a distraction from other things that she's unwilling to face, right? To deal with, yes, definitely, yes. That's one of the things that really um, stood out to me. Um, and even um, how well it was done to... I liked how they didn't um, romanticize the writing part where like you go into the woods or like there's this specific table where right. you sit down and with a coffee and then it all spills out. I love how she shows that constant interruption. Even, um, yes, like when she sits down, the, I think the roommate sits down with her in the second episode and still like there's an interruption constantly. And it, I call it that the long dark hall. Every time I sit down, like you always have to like, Shonda Rhimes talks about it too. Like you have to get to like almost like and for me it's like fifteen twenty minutes of me telling me like okay you have to start before something actually starts and then right. maybe thirty minutes after that I'm finally on a roll. But right. once you're on a roll you're on a roll. But I like how she is basically stuck in the first twenty minute loop of actually getting her behind to type something. Right, right. And she has this deadline <laughs> looming, and everybody knows. And she has a great group of friends because. Writing is a solitary process and it could be because her friends are creative. They understand that. But the friends are like, you know, did you meet your deadline? You you know, they're there to support her. And and she's like, yeah, yeah, I've got it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But she's finding it hard to buckle down. So at the invitation of a friend, she goes out for the night. Now, this friend, he has, um, he and his wife are interested in exploring their sexuality, taking the relationship to the next level. And um, so he meets Arabella at the club with his cousin who's coming to town from, from America. And they were yes. a good night. They were, they were a fun night. It involves, you know, music and dancing <coughs> and some... Almost where I felt like he, he invited her because he knew that's the type of... He could go to any level of outgoingness with her, with her and Terry. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> so, they, so they have a good time, you know, drinking, and they take some, some drugs here and then, and they're having a really good time. Um, but by the time the evening is over, she's stumbling out. I mean, she falls down. She's stumbling out the club. And I'm thinking, you know, as a mom, as someone who <laughs> has my own <laughs> fun times, 
um, at that age, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is she leaving on her own? She's going to be no. okay. She's stumbling out of there. She's drunk to the point where she barely knows her own name. You know, all the, you know, danger signs are coming into my mind. Yes. Um, where are her friends? Why aren't they leaving with her? So, you know, uh, you know, you, you can kind of read what's going to happen or anticipate what might happen given the circumstances. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and you do feel that that's exactly the tension that I, um, maybe also because it does remind you of, um, friendships, older, old friendships that you're like, I totally shouldn't have been hanging out with this particular person. But in that time frame, that was like, you're all day, every day. Hey, right. let's go out. Let's go there. And then you look back and you're like, Oh, that wasn't a friend at all or whatever. Uh, that's not what is uh, disclosed in this, in the show people. I'm just saying that looking back on friendships, you're like, Ooh, that particular friendship was really based on hanging out and going clubbing and drinking or for me. Right. But yes, so it it definitely watching her go through that night and seeing the just in my head what I was like, this can only escalate. This cannot. I don't see this as good times anymore. This just seems to become a bigger and bigger bubble that might explode. I felt that tension in my body, but I think mainly because I'm in my mid forties now and yes. just. Putting things together as an adult, yeah. Yeah, we can't party like well, I can speak for myself. I can't party like that anymore. I'm tired. Of, no. you know, one Corona, one half <laughs> of a of a of a pineapple and rum, and I, that's it for me. I'm ready to go to bed. So times have changed, but yeah, you, you as, as we know what we did in our past lives. Yes, and so, and so those alarms definitely yeah. the alarms yeah. where you're like, oh, can it stop now? Can it? Can you? <laughs> Can you tell a friend to call an Uber or something? I don't know. Right, right, right. So she ends up staying up all night. She kind of sort of makes her deadline, but this kind of sloppy first draft. And her editors can't believe that she's serious, right? That she's really turned in this crappy work. But she's um, disoriented, right? She shows up to work still kind of drugged up and high not really yeah in a daze not really understanding what happened last night now i can't say i don't think i i'm trying to recall if i ever had a night where i'm like what happened last night i can't say that i i know i've had drinks you know i've drunk to excess but not to the point where i couldn't tell you what happened last night no yeah no 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 one the one thing I want to touch on before you mm-hmm. move on from where you are is that um, to see in those two episodes to like what I really see as the self sabotage of a character who or of a person that really could have it all right. She 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 wrote she did well on on social media. She wrote her book and is successful. And it seems that there's a um, there's a line of self sabotage going on with like like fumbling the the deadline the way she does or even um, the way she's like carrying herself is is to me there's like a uh, I have to prove that I don't deserve this going on uh, with this character and that's really one of the things that like like stayed with me and um, in a relatable way but not of course. A, to that extent but like just to how often you look back at something and you're like oh i like that's an odd self-sabotage that i 
that I chose to um, bring into something that could actually like be really successful for you or, you know, like you, like it's almost like she's trying to prove that she doesn't deserve Mm. this second book uh, being successful or something that things just keep things being in her favor. That's the first two episodes. I was like, Ooh, there's a lot of self-sabotage here, even though there's actually a lot of good things going on for this writer. Right. Well, there's also the question of maturity, right? Being mature enough to handle the pressure of what's coming next. She knows that she's, had this great success and to your point it's almost like a success it's almost like a fluke like okay because she mm-hmm. says all i did was you know write these the you know all i did was you know put some posts on online and people kept on saying oh why not write a book it wasn't book. that she went to school and studied for this and you know she aspired to be a writer all her life it just kind of happened um so there's that but there's also the recklessness in terms of the behavior because things get sold through in intercourse. That's kind of like how things are solved or not just mm. solved, but that's like the pastime. Told is the wrong yes. word, yeah. but that's kind of the, the recreational go-to. Now, after what happens... And almost to- that part that of, of, of meaning, the part that I mean is like, it's almost like there's there's waiting on a sentence to say, see, I told you it wasn't a big deal. It was just these posts that I turned into a book and right. that was it. Right. So, but then that's the um, response a, to everything, though. But then that's the yes, response even everything. to the violation is, well, people are starving in other countries. And, yes. Oh, right? oh, yes. So yes. It's kind of oh, that was so hard. The way yes. to um, bury the Not reality. Everybody has a smartphone. Yeah, yeah. And and, <laughs> and and that's the thing, right? The fine line with the with what what she does so well is that fine line between with the irony and kind of the horror of the trauma of what's really happening yes. here. And so we're chuckling at some things, we're laughing along with things that that we know are really actually very disturbing. But she's yes. presenting this to us in a way that, you know, you, you go on this ro- roller coaster ride with her, you're rooting for her. You're horrified by what's happened to her. You want to shake her at times. But she, as she's figuring it out, we're also kind of figuring her out. out. Mm-hmm. At the same yes. time. Which I think is a very important part of it because I think about how often you hear a story and we kind of, we touched on this privately a little bit um, during um when Kobe passed away but Mm -hmm. to go back to like when you hear about a story especially involving women and victims and then the story's told one way and then it's like okay well then that means that she was loose or well that means that she wasn't she was reckless or that means and to see it through this to be with this character and go through her eyes and see that she's reckless and see her daily life but then when it, in the second, this is in the second episode, guys, and then she comes to the realization that this has happened to her. It broke my heart. It's like, it just broke my heart to, in that moment to see how she got, that she was kind of realizing that something had happened to her and still trying to like be brave. Like, okay, well, okay, well, we'll deal with it or something like that. And that was, I, I appreciate that from the show because I feel like it finally shows you that 
it no, it doesn't matter who the person is. It doesn't matter how the person behaves. If the action towards the person is wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. Like we try to justify so often, like, well, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I'm like, right. no, it doesn't matter. You can just violate people because you they are not up to your standard of living or behavior or the way they carry themselves. Like, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a no. And I feel like that's, really well done excellent um, character of Arabella yeah agreed and and to follow up on that what's even more poignant is that she does something about it she's not a victim who and everybody obviously deals with trauma in their own way and people have to come to their own kind of um, moment of reckoning with whatever's happened to them but she decides you know after you know a day or two okay wait a minute after, you know, first doing the legwork, right, running around, following up with friends. Okay, what happened last night? Where were you? I mean, she puts herself in some dangerous situations. She compromises friendships even to get she to the, the heart of the matter. It's a, it's the, it's kind of like in all her chaos, there's some focus, right? She's laser focused on finding out. She's not like, well, I'm a good time girl. I had a lot of drinks and who knows what yeah. happened. She's like, okay, this doesn't sit well with me. This is gnawing away at me. I mean, her sanity, obviously, because see, the episode one, ends and you're not even quite sure what you're seeing because you're seeing like a man's face you're hearing some noises he's clothed so you're not sure you see a doorway so you're not even sure what you're seeing and it's not made clear to you until episode two that she's been sexually violated um and just seems so random like well when and how and who and but this is like gnawing away at her throughout that second episode and so she actually uh, you know, goes to all the friends. Where were you? Where was I? What happened? She has blood on her head. She wants to get to the heart of it. And then she, she files a report. And it's a, co- a courageous thing to do because to your point about bl- blame the victim, she has no proof other than a cut on her head. And she's asking law enforcement to take her seriously on the basis of a cut on a story. And it means she has to disclose that she was drinking and, and taking, you know, illegal substances. But she's not about trying to save face or um pr- let pride get in the way she knows that she's been violated and it's important for her to ensure it goes on record regardless of who um who's in the crosshairs um and so i find that to be just kind of a remarkable way of addressing sexual assault you know what happens to the women and specifically what happens to black women black women are not always given the the space um to kind of um talk about these issues uh entezaki shange's for color girls uh covers it for sure so one of the other things i love about the um the series is the way that she addresses things that are specific to race and so we see that her bestie the, the aspiring actress goes on an audition and the audition calls for um a person who has natural hair, but that's not disclosed before she goes on the audition. So she goes, she does a marvelous job, but when she's, when she's finished, the casting agent asks her if she could remove her wig and she hesitates. So how do you feel about that, Norma? I was, I was, um, I stand with her decision. I really love that she did not take it off. Uh, I feel it was one of those moments where I do feel that, um, white women or white people that are not aware of their 
what what microaggression i would yeah. say like just in their excitement mention something that is a big discomfort for a woman of color um and then kind of make it this come on you can do it which i am absolutely not a fan of so i really enjoyed that in that moment she was like no this is something you should have asked me beforehand or I, I i but i can't do that in this moment and also because she came to do a specific job she did that job excellent she gave the man excellent and so her her job was really done the 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 audition was done so i also felt it's really that little entertainment part it's almost like when you call a kid over and be like do that cute dance that you you know like i just <laughs> right. felt like it, it, it was that one part that you are like no this is this is this has nothing to do with the other and no i can't do that for you in the moment um unfortunately you do notice that she lose she most likely will lose the part because of not complying to that entertainment right right well it's interesting because i thought differently initially i thought come on get the job who cares take off the wig but then when i thought about it and something that we that you mentioned earlier um you know you wouldn't ask a woman of color you wouldn't ask a white woman if she had red hair or blonde hair you know can you you know make your you know can you dye your hair black so this is the kind of thing that women of color have to experience and i love the way that um, Cole brings this into the narrative mm-hmm. without being heavy handed to kind of show these are the everyday experiences of black women that people and can just you don't do it understand. on the spot. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. And so what she does as a way to kind of save herself is to throw in the fact that she's had this risque experience. They ask her when she yeah. comes into the audition if they can tell you know, tell them something, you know, tell us about yourself. Have you, you know, what's the riskiest thing you've ever done? And initially she says she can't think of anything, but after she, she refuses to take off the wig, politely, she throws that in, right? Suddenly she remembers that she's had this threesome. Right. But again, we know that that's not going to be the thing that will get her the job, right? That she Man, was defiant. Because she was defiant and she did not take off that wig, she's not going to get the Despite job. Despite doing an excellent job. Right, yeah, right, she's not right, get it. right. Because yeah, she didn't entertain or she, yeah. Right, right. She didn't, um, how do you say that? Sub- not, uh, I guess not submit, but yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, she was, she yeah. She didn't submit, right? So at the yeah. end of, So at the end of the episode... Um, after Michaela's run all over the town trying to figure out what happened, there's a revelation, right? Or the realization that um, a somebody either was negligent and didn't didn't like her friend didn't do his due diligence and ensure that she got home safely, and yeah. so she reports this as a crime regardless of the consequences and goes to the police station. And this means having to admit, right, that she was drunk and that she's taken drugs and it might mean implicating friends. But this is what, you know, she is willing to do what's necessary to ensure it goes on record that she has been violated. And that's very brave. Very, even um, to the point that I think it might be one of the reasons why we actually care for Arabella, right? Like, besides that, her behavior seems very reckless and sabotaging. But then you see that there's a, there's a, um, Dutch people say sometimes, like, up until this point and no further, it's kind of an expression, like, you know, the, the person has a limit and the person still has some certain morals and values and the thing that she's, um, addressing which is 
most likely being um, sexually abused or raped, and that is not okay. So she she follows the rules of what you do when you are assaulted and when right. you are raped, and which where I think that had she done not, you would really be like, okay, this girl is just right. I I don't know what to say about this girl. Right. So it's it's a really in, important turning point for this character where you like and you feel it. It's so, um, it's so intense. It, it broke my heart. Um, right. the realization of, um, I'm, the person that I'm trying to help is me. Right. Right. And we yeah. don't always see that women are able to, um, on, on film, we don't always see that women are able to take that next step and not kind of yeah. blame themselves. I mean, the way that she's handling it is initially just kind of like, Oh, well, I just, you know, I, I, I make an effort to be with people that care about me or I try to distract myself by looking at the bigger picture. I love that the therapist says, well, the bigger picture is you, right? You're missing, the piece that's missing in that bigger picture is you. Um, so sure. she's willing to do the work. She's unafraid of kind of having to confront this all over again by going to the police station, having the, the, the test done to ensure that, you know, this is on record. She wants this documented. Um, it's very, mm-hmm. very powerful. Um, and and the, show does, the show ensures that at the end, they, they you know, it, make sure they put the statement about, you know, if you are a person who has been violated or needs to seek help or has experienced trauma, you know, mm-hmm. traumatic, you know, please... Um, think about the resources that are out there to support you right so that's very responsible mm-hmm. right because you can't have you know she there's, there's this fine dance between addressing these kind of raw issues and infusing that with humor let's before we wrap turn think about sexuality and all of its um kind of diversity because another wonderful thing about the show is the way that she explores sexuality not solely from kind of this heteronormative perspective that you've got this best friend Kwame who's a gay Mm -hmm. man a gay black British by way of I think he is also Ghanaian um yeah I believe he's also Ghanaian because his love is interest I think is Nigerian right if I'm not mistaken but we can Mm -hmm. we can follow up um Mm -hmm. um and so it's really wonderful too to kind of get into his own um kind of journey uh, as it pertains yes. to his um, kind of sexual adventures. And that's great to see as well, because it's only within the last couple of years, at least in the United States, that we've been seeing um, men of color, gay men of color in these um, romantic um, relationships, right? In relationships. Yeah. Um, and really seeing the full nature of these relationships, not just kind of innuendos or hugs or what we're guessing yes yeah Mm -hmm. but actually seeing full-on sex on screen um you know quite titillating and exciting um because we don't get to see that right it's taboo to see that you can see two women but you can't see two men and so very very forward thinking here and risky definitely and i actually i feel that way about the the woman of color too i yes i just thinking of my own background, just thinking of um, like like books I've read or friends that I have from who are uh, whose parents are African descent but are, have migrated to um, Europe. There's still there's certain taboos that are about your sexuality that are that are not 
easily express. I don't, I can't even pull up a movie or, or a series in my head where I feel that the uh, black female's character is um, expressed that freely without being chastised. Yeah, because yeah. like, if you think about- I even remember mm -hmm. uh, when the character, uh, not to pull another show in, but I remember the character on of Carrie Washington on Scandal. Mm -hmm. And I think by the time she had slept with like three or four people and this black man like tweeted something about like, I'm done with her, like, you know, like she mm. had too many men. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because <laughs> we see female white characters all the time if we go through many a man and there's no, there's no mention of it. So what I like a lot in uh, I May Destroy You is that sexuality is explored, but it doesn't come with the, with the damages that I feel like it's normally portrayed where that we're now judging her based on these, um, um, Sexual exploits. Um, yeah, sexual experiences. It's just it's just a part of her story, but it doesn't dominate. It doesn't you don't start thinking of like, oh, this loose girl or right. whatever. Like I just I just felt like it was it it I would I would worry for her, but more for her overall behavior. I had no hang ups on uh, like wow, this is um how many people you're sleeping with. I I, I thought it was very well done to not um hammer on the hammer yeah. on it in from that angle yeah I, I think it's what spike lee was trying to do with she's got to have it right i think 1986 mm. which he yeah. kind of missed the mark slightly and i do believe that the updated version in um the she's got to have it series does a better job but yeah to have this kind of carefree well not, not just that she's carefree but that she's in tune with her sexuality, she's unapologetic about her sexuality, that she can express herself that way, have sex with whomever she pleases, because she pleases, and there's yes. not, like, this Bible-thumping mother standing above her, you know, you know, yes. forcing her to answer for her sins. So, yeah. And, and I, not for us to lose sight of the fact that she was raped. Yes. She was raped. Right. Like it doesn't it doesn't make me feel like oh and I feel in in older stories that I can bring up in my head that that would have been the route justification the story would have taken. Yeah. yes and I that's I think that's one of um, the things that really uh, sit well sits well with me about that these these people are uh, characters of color and they are um, showing us how they privately explore their sexual being right I, right you know like and I which I which I think is true to um, people, right? Like it's a pri it's a private. You might know a person one way and think very highly or not so highly or that, but you still don't know how they privately sort all that out. Right. Um, so I think it's very it, good and important that you see a person sort that all out. Right. Agreed. And we see it. Mm -hmm. and, and as we as we move to in our next episode. Of, the, of our podcast when we review episodes um, three and four uh, of I May Destroy You, we'll see how the character Kwame, kind of they build his arc as a character as he's able to um, kind of, ex well, both he and her, her, her close friend are able to explore their sexuality with menage yes. a trois and kind of um, all kinds we'll touch of... touch on um, Arabella and Terry's friendship. Yes. I yes. think that's a very important yes. uh, thing to discuss in the next yes. episode. Yes. Yeah, yes. what it means to be a friend, a good friend. Yeah, what it means to be right. a friend. And yeah. when to know how to pull back and give a friend space without judgment. That's one of the good things too, right? That these are friends that are not 
overly judgmental they allow their you know live do you right it's like okay yes. this is what you're doing i'm not like oh that's, that's nasty or ooh, yeah um, or don't do that or you know cautionary tale or it's like you know okay fine but this it does the question of safety right the question yes. of being aware <laughs> of your um environment where you are who you're with and the risks involved. I think that's something that <laughs> is kind of hammered home, I think, for us. So that while on the one hand, she's very clear, right? You do not blame the victim. But on the other hand, she does, I think, point or highlight the kind of... Um, when you're this precarious... You, oh, praise on you. Yeah, like who's watching? Who's watching who's and ready watching? to take advantage of the situation? And... There's a moment when in in the in the next two episodes. There's a moment when you think, even Arabella's going to be perhaps, you know, a victim again. Um, yes. Um, but yes. It turns out to be. It turns out to read totally differently for her. Um, so anyway, um, we will. Because we'll it. discuss that next week. Yes, we will leave it there. <laughs> Episode three of <laughs> But we are hoping that you will join us uh, in in a dialogue. Um, Norma. Yes. Um, Norma, shout out our handles. So follow us on Instagram. Our handle is Black Girls with Accents. Follow the stories. We'll do some surveys. Uh, come into the comments. Let's discuss episode one and two of I May Destroy You. I, everybody, this show is amazing. It's important. I think it's 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 going to be wonderful. I even hope our sessions, our podcast, our mini series on it um, highlights and gets more people to watch it. It's on HBO. Yep. And um, Monday night. It's amazing. Nine o'clock. Okay, people. Yes. <laughs> we'll see you. We'll see you soon. Stay tuned for more Black Girls with Action. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.